Mindfulness Mode 331. Sit with your day and visualize how you want it to go. You're listening to Mindfulness Mode with me, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach, Bruce Langford. Hey, it's so great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Always, I like to mention how much I appreciate you being an an avid listener of the show. And if this is your first time, I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please share and subscribe. That always helps too. So thanks so much again for being here. Well, as I record this intro on today's show, it's almost Father's Day and the show is going live and uh, I just had my meetup. I've never mentioned that the third Saturday of every month I have a meetup in London, Ontario, Canada and it's a meetup about mindfulness. It's called Pause Your Life. We have a little time of meditation. We have a time where we can talk and be open and be non-judgmental with each other and just share. It's called Pause Your Life and it's a great group. So if you'd like to attend and you're in the London, Ontario area, just uh, you know, send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com and I'll tell you more about it. And speaking of that, I got an email this morning from Becky who she says she's been listening to the show for quite a while. She said, I discovered it last year and I enjoy episode after episode after episode. And she writes, I can't believe how much it's helped my life at work because I'm so much more calm and so much more relaxed with the rest of the staff. So great to hear from you, Becky. And if any of you are inclined to send me a message just tell me how you're enjoying the show or ask me a question do it send it to bruce at mindfulnessmode.com well it's supposed to be oh really warm tomorrow i think 32 degrees or so 32 degrees celsius if you're in a country that uses fahrenheit i don't know if that might be like 95 or something like that maybe uh so pretty warm and looking forward to it it's uh going to be a nice day I think being Father's Day and I know that my son mentioned that he's got a few things in mind and I'll just look forward to spending time with the family what are you doing tomorrow is it Father's Day in your area maybe not in your country but uh, anyway it's always good to hear from you and you know as an educator I'm excited to tell you that today's episode is about education and empowering educators. Uh, I think you will enjoy hearing about this because most of us know some children that are in school or we have friends who have children that are in school and I just wish that more educators were like Jen my guest today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with my friend Jen Molitor. Jen, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. Yes. (laughs) That's great. So I'm going to share a little bit about you, Jen, before we start the interview. And this is what I've got. Jen Molitor is a teacher who believes we should teach children not curriculum. So this is very interesting. We should teach children, not curriculum. She's on a mission to empower and unite teachers and parents all over the world. Her superpower 
is getting teachers to smile, and I'm already smiling, and to enjoy teaching again, because I've seen it many, many schools that I've gone to present, and I've done it in thousands of schools. I look around, I see the kids looking pretty happy, and I see a row of teachers not looking very happy. Jen brings a refreshing perspective that lifts you up when you want to walk out, reminding you of the real reason you became an educator. We are all teachers. Let's spread the message that powerful teaching is done through the heart. Start there. And as if by magic, the mind also opens to learning. And that's why we're going to talk about the mindfulness of what you're achieving, Jen. So this is super exciting. What does mindfulness mean to you, Jen? To me, it's an awareness of when we are in our heads or ego or when we're making decisions based on our heart. So it's just that overall awareness and decision-making capabilities. So pushing the ego aside a little bit and giving room for the heart. And it's easy to talk about that. How do we actually do it? Lots of work. (laughs) So lots of, lots of reflection. I feel like, you know, as, as a teacher, when I started the profession, I was very different than who I am now. And a lot of it in the beginning was um, I could be offended really easily if a kid was misbehaving or a parent sent me that email. And I was like, oh, of course she did, you know, and I spent a lot of time up here mm-hmm. and just, I don't, I, th- I think it's kind of the way we, we are like yeah. as humans and in this culture, we just are kind of easily offended and someone cuts us off and we're like, oh, what an idiot, you know? Yeah. And when I decided to leave teaching because I was overwhelmed and burnt out, I was like, I've had enough. I did a lot of soul searching. And for me, that meant a lot of personal development mm-hmm. for me to grow professionally. And I, what I learned is that there is this thing called ego. And when a kid is misbehaving, I, I choose to be offended and take it personally. And like, why can't this kid listen? Why can't he sit still? Why can't, why can't he just be like everyone else? And in my journey, it's, it's not, that's not about me. If, if the kid is misbehaving and there's something going on, I need to set the ego aside and not make it about me, make it about the kid. What, what is going on? How can I help you? What's going on? And so for, that's how I learned, I think is a lot of personal development, just learning to distinguish when that is the ego, when I'm centered. And it made a huge difference in my teaching. And it actually was the reason I decided to stay in teaching. It's because I could figure out how to do that. So how long ago did you walk away from teaching? How long ago did you leave the classroom? I was in teaching for, uh, teaching for nine years and I had a son and I had a horse and I was working full time and I was like, I can't do this. I can't be a mom and teach and have this horse. And so I sold my horse, quit my Mm -hmm. job. (laughs) I took a year's leave and uh, got certified nutritional therapy and spent the year with my son. And after that, I went back to teaching half time. And so I was blessed to have that opportunity to teach half days. And for me, that was good, though. I still wanted to get out. And I still I thought I'm going to grow my nutrition practice so that I can just get out of teaching altogether. And at the crux of that, when I could grow that nutrition practice and leave teaching altogether, like I had to make that decision, I, I felt way connected to teaching. And I was like, I think I have to stay. And so I've stayed, I'm in education now still and um, in different capacities though, um, and, and still kind of on a part-time basis, basis because I wanna share this message and help other teachers love their jobs again. 
Um, so yeah, that, that journey that led me to stay also helped me grow personally, but it was all this whole mindfulness approach of how I can be more centered and aware of me, what's going on here to help me through all that. So Jen, if I came to you and I said to you, I'm a teacher, I'm burned out, I'm exhausted, I can't do this for another year, how can you help me? What would you say and what would you do? We would start by checking back in with your vision. What is it that you had in mind when you signed up to teach? What was it that you wanted? What do you want now? Like if I could wave a magic wand and have next year be beautiful for you, that perfect year, what would it look like? And we'd get really clear on what what would that look like for you? For some teachers, I'm a huge advocate of going part-time if their school district allows that. Like if you don't have enough hours in a day and you've got a family at home and you can't clean the house and cook dinner and all those things, there is a solution. We just have to be thinking a little bit bigger. Um, so we'd, we'd start with the vision. And I really would like to connect teachers to that, that reason that why we began the whole journey to become teachers. You know, like I, I decided when I was in third grade, I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, did you? And that was something that stuck with me forever. So everybody's got their reason, you know, why did you, I mean, you were a teacher too. So why did you That's right. decide to be a teacher? Do you remember why? I do. I remember very clearly why, because I had some teachers that I felt I didn't relate to at all. And I didn't feel that they were, I, I just felt so isolated as a student and I wanted to be connected. I wanted to learn, but I didn't feel empowered to learn. And I thought, I want to be the teacher that I never had. I want to be that teacher who truly cares, who truly reaches out and helps the underdog to move forward and to, you know, do what they need to do to enjoy their life. And that's a beautiful reason. And so I did help many, many kids who were underdogs, you know, like I would go to the staff room and teachers would say, oh, you know, that Jason, can you, oh, do we need to talk about him? He just drives me crazy. Oh yeah, he's the worst. And I think, no, he's not the worst. No, he's a, a human being that needs, needs love and caring. And he's got a passion. He's got something that he loves to do. Let's figure out what it is and let's work with that and help him to be the best he can be. And that will help us be the best we can be. And I got to the point where I just didn't want to go to the staff room because I wanted to spend time in my room. And I would say to, to those kinds of kids, you know, hey, come on down to the music room and maybe you want to play the drums. Maybe you want to, you know, play your saxophone or something like that. Come on down. And sometimes they just wanted to talk. Sometimes they just wanted to be heard, you know? So that's what I loved about teaching, that I could help those kids that needed that listening ear. There's a parenting guru who I follow. Her name's Dr. Shafali. And she said, kids want to know three things. Do I matter? Am I seen? And am I heard? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And for so sure. that, so I teach teachers and parents to just some simple tricks to help them connect more with kids. That's a huge part of the, of the work that I do. And, you know, like you, you, you gave them the opportunity to say, you matter and you can come to my room and I see you and I hear you and I, I, you're having some trouble and I think this might work for me, for you. And when the kids feel that and we look them in the eye and we give them that, 
that two seconds even to say, I see you. Yeah, I see you and you totally matter. So let's go take care of that. You know, let's figure that out. I didn't realize you worked with parents as well. So you work, you work with parents who are having trouble with their children when it comes to education. Is that kind of it? So most of what I've done is workshops for parents. So it might be on helping them navigate homework, um, just connecting with their children. So many times in this, in our culture, we are, you know, I mean, here was a typical morning. So I'm packing lunches, get dressed, you know, feed the dogs, do that, you know, get your, pack this up. Oh, I forgot today's library. Make sure you get your books. And it's all of this stuff. Right. And we're running around. And when I thought about the eye contact thing, I was like, of course I give my kids eye contact. Of course I do. Like I'm their mother, right? I see them every Mm -hmm. day. And then when I reflected on how a typical morning goes, I was like, I don't know that I, I truly look them in the eye and give them that good morning. I see you. I love you every morning. It's put your shoes on. We're almost late. Come on, let's brush your hair. Did you eat? You know? And so when I, when I reflected on that in my own life, I was like, hold on a second. I'm a super loving mom. And yet I got carried away with the responsibilities and duties and routines. And I decided to slow things down a bit. And so now every day, especially in the mornings, I make sure that I give my kids eye contact, which sounds almost silly. It sounds like, duh, of course you should look your kids in the eye. But when I reflected on it, I I wasn't always. So that's one thing that I tell parents is to look your kids in the eye, like really give them that two seconds of, I see you. You oh, totally wait, it doesn't sound, it doesn't sound silly to me at all, Jen, because yeah, what you're saying makes total sense. You know, we're rushing around doing all these things and yeah, take some time to just be there. And that's what mindfulness is, isn't it? Being yeah. yes. Right in the present. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, I always ask a question about bullying because when I was teaching, then I started helping uh, kids who were bullied and started doing my own presentations and so on. But tell me, do you have a bullying story? Maybe it could be a childhood story or an adult story where mindfulness would have made a difference. When I, I've heard you ask this question of other people. And um, as I was thinking about what I wanted to say for this, I think there are a lot of stories about people being bullied and pick, you know, picked up, picking on them. And, and I mm-hmm. have some, yeah. however, I don't want to share one like that. I want to share one kind of from a teacher perspective uh-huh. and kind of what I'm seeing in schools, because I think it's really powerful. Um, and I think it's powerful as a parent too, to model these kind of things. I think that parents and teachers in this authority type of responsibility. We're taking care of kids. We're in charge of them. We can tend to bully kids because I said so, and this is how it's done. And we have all these other things to get through. So just sit down and this is what you have to do. And I don't care if you dropped your pencil, you know, like this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think inadvertently we are really sending this message to kids that they're not as important. Um, I've had kids come to my room. I Right now I work as a gifted intervention specialist and instructional coach. And so part of my time, I work with kids in my room um, who are identified as gifted and uh, it's a pullout type of atmosphere. So I have like between eight and 20 kids in my room. And when they come to my room, 
I hear some of the grumbling that happens from what teachers told them in the hallway. Like their whole class had to go back to the class and sit down because two kids were talking in the hallway. Or I don't know, one kid got in trouble and everyone else had to get the brunt of it. Mm -hmm. So what I've come to discover is that we need to have more mindful, really conversations with kids and step out of our ego for a little bit. And if, if a kid is misbehaving, it's usually because they're discouraged. They don't wake up one day and say, who can I take off today? I can't wait. It's more of, I am feeling uncomfortable. Something's going on. I'm discouraged. And so here I need attention or I need this. I'm going to throw this or get in trouble. There's a need there. Right. And I feel like it's our job to uncover that. Um, and at times, like when you talked about sitting in the teacher's lounge and hearing that, mm-hmm. that is for me, that that's kind of bullying this child. These kids get these stigmas like, oh, of course, Johnny. Yeah. He never turns in his homework. And yeah, he's always did it. You know, and we get this ugh about yes. these kids. I don't eat in the teacher's lounge either anymore. I stopped that and it's been helpful. So that kind of complaining and venting about kids and other people. And so even as a mom, if there's another mom on the soccer field and all the moms are talking about that person, well, that's, that's kind of bullying too. And I think we have to model for others, you know, like grace. I think we have to model grace, you know, like, no, she doesn't wear what I would wear. And maybe she doesn't do what I would do or drive the car that I would do or treat her kid. Like I would, that there's gotta be a place for some grace for kids, for teachers, for adults. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. It totally does. You said, I think you said when you were a young child, you decided you wanted to be a teacher. Tell us about a day in your life as a young child and what it was like. Tell us. So second grade, I was one of the very obedient kids, loved school, um, loved getting my work done. My handwriting was perfect, you know, Um, and I would want to help my teacher pass out papers grade papers. I had a third grade teacher who let me grade papers with the red pen. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to grade these papers. Now I don't love grading so much, but, um, but I did then. And I, and I just, I loved all that, all that part about school. And in the summers I would play school in the basement and I would have desks and I would bring home old workbooks and my brother and sister would be my kids, my students, you know, and then our neighbors would come over and they'd be like, do we have to play school? (laughs) Yes, we do. I get to be the teacher. (laughs) So there's just something part of my DNA that, I mean, I could teach about elephants if I was passionate enough, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. there's something in me meant to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and so many teachers had that, had that desire. And then when, when we got into the classroom, we found, oh, geez, man, just a second here. I've got to survive, you know, I've got to survive through, you know, this discipline business and I've got to figure out this curriculum and I've got to keep my head above water with all of this stuff and the kids are picking on each other and I've just got to survive. And that's what you help teachers with is keep their heart so that they can survive. And, you know, it. if you've been a teacher, you totally get it. But how do you survive that whole discipline piece? You want to be respectful to the kids. You want to help them, but you just have to survive. And there's you're in the classroom at the front and the kids start picking on each other and doing making noises and everything. What do you do? It starts with connection. 
So there, here are a couple of things that I do with my kids. I call them openers. And it's something that I've, I've been doing for a few years and my kids have grown to love it. And at the end of the year, I ask for some feedback and some of the kids say, you know, my favorite things were doing the openers. I'm like, really? Because you're just kind of answering questions. It's very low key and formal, but I have six boxes. And in the morning they come in and they answer the questions. And one is, um, what am I bringing with me today? And it's not, you know, my pencil and my lunch, but it's like, what are you bringing with you? I'm bringing excitement for the last day of school. I'm bringing sadness because my fish died or worry because I have to take a test this afternoon. Like, what are you really bringing with you? And it's just a, a place for kids to just get that out. And sometimes that's all it takes. Like I'm bringing with me, you know, annoying annoyance because my brother kept me up all night and he was so annoying. And that was enough to just get it out there and we can move on. Sometimes it's a springboard for discussion and some, you know, somebody lost their dog. And so the rest of us, we just help them problem solve. So they all write the boxes down and then we share in a circle. And um, we were problem solving how to help find this dog and, and where to put posters up. And that kid mattered. We, we heard him. We saw him. And the rest of the day, we know what's on the back of his mind. And I know that if he's spacey, I'm going to say, hey, are you still worried about your dog? Yeah. So me too. I said, but remember, we've got these flyers. We're going to keep looking and then I can redirect them because it's not about being spacey. It's, I don't need to reprimand for that. It's, it's something deeper. And, and that one question can help bring that out from them. Yeah. So another question would be, what are you letting, what are you ready to let go of today? You know, and that's another one that like of being late to school, I am ready to let that go. And it's just something that just kind of sets the intention for, you know, I'm going to let that go. I'm ready to let go of being worried about who I'm going to sit by at lunch. So those kind of questions. Um, another one is to sit. It says, sit with your day and visualize how you want it to go. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm asking them to be mindful right away. You know, if this was your perfect day, how do you want it to go? And so they'll sit. You might see them closing their eyes, thinking about how they want the day to go. And then they write about it. You know, I, I want to do my best. Um, another question is, how can how could we best support you to have the, your best day? And then kids can share, you know, I need quiet today. I need encouragement today. Um, so things like that, that's going to set the stage for this environment that says, I care about you as a person. I don't want you to do math just because that's like, like we're teaching curriculum, right? We teach kids. And so we have to know what's going on with the kid before we can dump in a whole bunch of math knowledge. Right. I love all those suggestions. That's such a great idea. Openers. That, that's something I would do right away if I were in a classroom. And I do get a chance to get into classrooms and teach mindfulness. So that's, that's really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I want to ask you, do you practice any form of meditation in your life, Jen? Mm-hmm. I think at this point, being this reflective, I, I need to. One of my biggest ways is, is yoga. I don't know if it as specific, but as soon as I hit my yoga mat, I love child's pose. And I just, as soon as I hit the mat, my breathing changes and I just am all in and in my body. And I'm just like this, my breathing changes and I am committed to that practice. And I set an intention for the practice and it's pretty amazing. And then beyond that, there are times when I will set a timer and I will just meditate. And sometimes I'm a head person. Mm-hmm. I have lots of ideas and yeah. uh, par- paralyzes me sometimes because I've got yeah. so much going on and uh, I will set a timer and just sit and I'll put a notebook next to me. So when I have lots of ideas and I don't want to forget, I'll open my eyes and write them down and then I'll go back and I won't be judging or anything like that. It's just like, okay, I've got that out. 
now back inside. So I'll do that. And then other times I just like to kind of on the fly, I like to sit and um, feel my body, feel my toes. Um, if I notice a twinge somewhere, like maybe a pit in my stomach or like a little crampy feeling or just something that's off, I'll notice it and I'll be with it for a little bit. So instead of, you know, we, we learn to like pop Advil or like go jogging or turn on the TV or listen to the radio. I just, I'll, I'll be with it. I'll acknowledge it for a little bit and figure out, okay, what, what is that? What is this coming from? Is there a need? Do I need to slow down? And instead of worrying and fretting and fueling it with ick and like, oh gosh, my stomach, oh, or my head or whatever, my, my neck is always kind of feeling icky. Um, I'll just sit with it and I'll give it some space and just kind of send it love and think about how can I, how can I support you right now? And that's something that you can just do on the fly, even in the car. And you're like, Ooh, what is that? I think I'll just sit with it for a minute. I feel like that can be really powerful for healing and not trapping stuff inside. Cool. Can you tell, can you tell us a story about somebody that you've helped, either a teacher or a parent, someone that you've, you know, they came to you and they were very frustrated and you helped them transform their life? Hmm. I think with, with kids, you know, when we do our openers um, and we sit around and share, sometimes we have tears um, and it's, it's super personal and mm. There are times when whole group, I'm, I've got a lot of coaching in me. And so I'll coach a kiddo. So there was um, a, a girl in fifth grade and she was feeling like she was kind of feeling bullied actually by her teachers, um, just saying that the teachers never called on her and they moved her. And now it's kind of like they ignore her and um, other kids get in trouble and she feels like she's getting penalized for it. And so I let her talk about it for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I said, do you know that you, you matter? She was like, huh? And I said, you, you matter. Do you feel like you matter? And she's like, no, and she's kind of like all dejected. And so we just kind of coached her through what it, what it is to really value yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, I love me. I value me. And so I said, I want you to sit up straighter and I want you to breathe. And so we just focused on breathing a little bit. And I said, I want you to tell me about the thing that you love most about yourself. And we don't talk about that often because it's like conceited or egoy or something. And I said, what do you love about yourself? And I said, the rest of the kiddos, I said, what, and I want you guys to think about that too. Cause often we're always like, Ooh, I hate this about me and I'm not good at this. I said, I want you to focus on what you do love. And so we, I let her focus on that. And she was able to pull out some stuff and she's like, well, I'm a good friend. I said, yeah, you are. What else? And so kind of pushing her to own some things that she loved about herself. I said, right. So you matter, you're important. And I said, so when you're in class and you raise your hand, raise your hand proud. Like, heck yeah, I matter. I've got a great something to share with the class. Like, call on me. I said, if you're in the back of the room like this, I said, tell me about that kind of energy. I mean, maybe the teacher doesn't want to call on you because maybe she doesn't think you really want to answer because you're like this. No, I said, so change your energy and see what happens. I said, and the, some kids at lunch didn't want to sit with her or something. And I said, well, would you want to sit with me if I was you know, like this, or would you be like, Hey guys, you want to sit with me at lunch today? I said, so let's start with shifting what's inside you first and see if that can make a difference. And she did. And the next day she came in my room and she said, Hey, the teacher called on me yesterday afternoon. I said, Oh yeah. How did that happen? She goes, well, I did what you said. And you know, I just, I realized I had something good to share. And I was like, 
good for you. So then another girl in the class, she loved that idea of mattering. Mm -hmm. And so she writes post-its and she said she would go into some of the kids' computers and she, that we have little laptops for the kids and she would open it up and put a post-it that says, you matter and stick it in their computer. And when the next kid would open it up, it was like, you matter. Aww. And I just thought, holy cow, this, this wasn't a lesson plan. This isn't something I had planned on teaching. This is just something that came up. And I thought this is a coachable moment and I want to just do it. Like how I would, if someone is paying me to coach them, this is how I do it. And so now I see fifth graders with little post-its that say, you matter. And I'm like, this is better than curriculum, right? Like, yeah, they're sharing this message. So, yeah. I love that, Jen. That's great. Wow. Jen, as we move toward the end of the interview, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. And the first one is this, who is one person who has influenced mindfulness in your life? Louise Hay. Uh, She's an amazing influencer, that's for sure. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? I'm more centered. I'm a better mom, a better wife, a better person. Tell us how breathing has uh, been a part of your mindfulness. It helps to slow me down, helps to connect me and get in touch with my body in a quicker way. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Can I show you? Yes, you can show us. Ah. It's going to look backwards, right? This is Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Actually, it Warrior doesn't look backwards. Gentleman. Yeah. It doesn't? Oh, okay. No, no. <laughs> Tell us again. So this is Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Yes. Um, it's. Have you read that? Yes, I have. Yes. It's yeah. a great book. Yeah. Love that one. And it's one that my husband isn't super a mindfulness guy. And I, I said, I just think you should read this book. And he did. And he said, that was, that was pretty good. So uh, I kind of love it because it could, it could work for me and my husband and we're kind of different people. So for sure. That's great. And uh, can you share an app which helps you or maybe some of your clients to be more mindful? Smiling Minds. Ah, I don't know this one. Yeah, it's good for kids. It's kind of geared towards kids, um, has different modules. And I think right now it's free. So parents can download it for kids. And I, I've used it with them. And um, just it's guided, a guided meditation for kids. So. Awesome. Guided meditation for kids. And it's called Smiling Minds. That's great. Well, wow. I'm smiling because I'm so impressed with how you're helping kids, parents, teachers to all have a better experience in school and to do it through mindfulness. How can we connect with you, Jen, and learn more about what you do and and possibly even get you to help us? Gosh, I'd love to spread this message. So you can find me at liftupleaders.com. Liftupleaders.com. So easy. And can we find you on social media? Yeah, I've got a Facebook page and it's Lift Up Leaders. Um, Yeah, so that people can connect with me there. I tend to post things, um, just helpful things for parents and teachers to, it's really all about connecting with kids and lifting up those teachers, so. Great. So Mindful Tribe, maybe you're a parent and you're finding there's a disconnect 
between you and your children, or maybe there's something happening at school, your children are not connecting with their teacher, or they don't seem to be happy at school. Or maybe you are a teacher, Mindful Tribe, and you're you're thinking, you know, ah, it's becoming a drudgery. I don't feel connected with my students. Jen can help all of you in those situations. So check out liftupleaders.com and uh, find Jen. And she's there waiting for you to help you. And she's awesome. She's got so much mindful energy. It's insane. Thank you so much for being here today, Jen. Thank you. My pleasure. Enjoyed every second. Yeah, it's been wonderful. All the best to you. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.